I'm back. Finally. Finally. It's been so long. Kyle, welcome me back to my own show. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've been... Uh... We, you've been sequestered in Oregon for what feels like, I don't know, six years at this point. So, um, hey, what's up? Welcome back to your own show. We've allowed you back into the premises. Dude, it's like the combination of like I had the little vacation planned. And then on top of that, just like your schedule's been crazy. My schedule's been crazy. So like really, I was actually only away for like a couple of days. But it turned into like other – I've been here and we couldn't do the show for however long it's been like two or three weeks now which is probably the biggest gap we've had um but yeah i'm here to collect so give me the keys back give me the keys yeah. back to the to the glintendo <laughs> podcast car bro yeah i left them in the uh in the mailbox as a good neighbor does so um, oh damn somebody figured that out dude the mailman got it now <laughs> this next episode is going to be from the mailman <laughs> you know i once had to drive my friend's car back to uh their apartment uh, because they got so drunk, they actually had to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, this was back in Yikes. college. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, that's I, some I, amateur. I, I maybe told you the story in like a, in a shortened version. I will tell you the elongated version uh, in a not recorded setting. But yeah, that was a. I had to. That person drove me to this to this party, and then that person has to like go away for the evening. So I had to drive myself back in their car and then have my dad pick me up at my friend's house. <laughs> and he was like, Dude. uh, what happened last night? I, yeah. Know, that's over, definitely over some, I, yeah, it was definitely fun. some amateur hour, like stuff right there, bro. That's like, <laughs> you didn't have to tell me it was like high school or like early college level, uh, drinking stuff. That just sounds so like every time you tell me about your friends from that part of your life, it's like the most <laughs> amateur. It's always like stories like that where I'm like, Dude, like, who are you spending time with, bro? Like, what is going on? But be that as it may, welcome everybody to the Glintendo podcast. I'm Glintendo. This is my show. It's a weekly Nintendo slash Smash Community Galaxy Brain and Occasional Peanut Brain Conversation podcast. We talk about all that stuff. And of course, joining me is last week's host of the Glintendo podcast, not Glintendo. But the host of the Glintendo podcast for one week, Kyle Rios Koopa himself. Hello, listen, Kyle. It, listen, in an era in an era where the crossover uh, you know, television special is gone, you know, we, we no longer see the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour or uh you know, or I I can't even think of another one off the top of my head that come that uh that comes to mind. Scooby Doo and uh, Courage of Cowardly Dogs is <laughs> a crossover film, so that's a fun one. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I indeed drove your show for a week. Me and Dakota just used it as an avenue to talk about Nickelodeon, as as one does. And uh, listen, yeah, uh, you know where my address is. You can send a check in the mail, buddy. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I did hear you guys joke about that on the show when I listened to the episode because I didn't listen to the whole thing. The <laughs> I didn't listen to the whole thing because I couldn't, and I'll explain that in a minute. But one of the things you guys mentioned was like. You know, oh, I, I hope Kyle, I hope Kyle's getting paid for this. And then I'm like, yeah, he actually should. So I, I, I got a little something for you. Don't expect much because we don't we don't make a lot of money here on the uh, Glintendo <laughs> podcast. But <laughs> most of our listeners listen for free. Um, but that you know, while we're on the subject of people paying and stuff like that, um, I do want to say that we just um, if you're a patron and you're a supporter, uh, you probably already saw on the Patreon. We have the little announcements section. Um, 
so obviously like given the schedules and like the post COVID world, like our lives have resumed and things have been actually pretty hard to, to kind of like get us in the same place at the same time to record as consistently as we used to. Like we, we did like a week at a time for like almost a whole year without ever having a delay or ever having an issue. Um, and I was actually really proud of the fact that we put in that much work. And so lately things have been like really off schedule. And so um, I'm sure you noticed that things were off schedule, but you probably also noticed that you were getting charged for it the same way. Like if you were a patron and a supporter um, in September so far, you've only gotten one episode as opposed to the four. Um, and so, you know, you're paying for early access and paying to support the, the show. And so to kind of um, make up for that, we're going to make sure that October you do not get billed at all. And October is going to be completely free. You're going to get all the same benefits of the early access stuff. Um, but yeah, you won't be charged. And that way we'll kind of that should make us even, all right? And if you got any more problems with that, you can contact my lawyer if you got any more issues, all right? <laughs> yeah, you can contact legal@clintendo.com. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I'll let you know that literally just goes right to me, all right? I don't yes. I don't have a lawyer. <laughs> you think like we're going to be having a Patreon where I like ask people to support help support the the cost of the show, but I could also afford a lawyer? Not happening, bro. I'm that guy in the movie when he goes to court where they assign him the lawyer and it's the dude who like doesn't even have a, a jacket on. Like he has like a suit and a disheveled tie and a million files. And I'm like his ninth, like 19th million convict that day. Like that's me. All right. That's my lawyer. All right. Yeah. This is so, no Attic. This is no Atticus Finch uh, yeah. or even uh, Jim Carrey's or Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. So uh, yeah. I- <laughs> you're on our request a short bathroom break oh um, my god that was such a good scene i love that's such that. a great movie man i don't hear a lot of people talk about that movie in like the pantheon of of, of jim carrey's like uh Dude. like great films but that's one of my yeah. favorites you already know like you love jim carrey and i like that guy's like a god to me so yeah that movie I saw it again recently as an adult and I thought I was going to like think it was cringy because like some of those movies that you see when you're a kid and this happens with games too. Sometimes you love something as a kid and then you come back to it as an adult. You're like, you're kind of like embarrassed for yourself. Like you're like, I can't believe I've been walking around my whole life like saying I like this and like as an adult, <laughs> like with adult eyes, this sucks. But Liar Liar is not one of those things. I actually think that movie's still really funny and it's a solid, it's actually just a solid movie. Um, but yeah, so last week, um, I listened to the episode, obviously you and Dakota, you guys didn't just talk about Nickelodeon. You also talked a lot about Metroid and the, dude, Nintendo's dropping so many spoilers on Metroid that I couldn't even be on my own show, dude, because I've been trying to like avoid, I'm on media blackout for, for Metroid Dread. At this point, the game is less than a month away. I cannot be more excited. I already pre-loaded it or like pre-ordered um, it on the eShop. So like, I got that email. I know it's going to like be there at midnight. Um, I'm super, super excited for it. So I, I've been avoiding all the trailers and yeah, you guys went in depth on it. Obviously Dakota, the, the reason he was such a good person to have is because he has his own Metroid podcast and he's like the biggest Metroid guy that I know. So um, yeah, it was a great episode. Um, avoid it if you're trying to avoid Metroid spoilers. Um, but besides last week and all that stuff, I wanted to ask you about Riptide because part of the reason that we haven't recorded is because you were away at like, basically this is like the first really big, like smash brothers major that we've had. 
post-pandemic where like all the top players are actually there. It's not just like five dudes who won in like a competition to like have the chance to compete. It's like literally like old times. And of course it was in uh, Sandusky, Ohio. Who doesn't yes. know Sandusky, Ohio? <laughs> Honestly, as one of the few as one of the few people going into Riptide that has been to Sandusky, Ohio multiple times before, I was very yeah. familiar with how to get there. And let me just say, um on on, on the subject of that, uh, you know, there was not everything about Riptide was perfect, and I'll go into details about that, but just on the surface, uh, I had a very good time. I was not working this event. I was merely there as a vacation goer, so you know, I had a lot of time to hang out with friends and, and see people who, you know, cause we've been doing our fair share of going to rounds, you know, locally and regionally. So I've seen pretty much everybody that was like there this weekend. There's just a few people who like, you know, I, I only get to see like once or twice a year in general uh, that was there this weekend. So I got to hang out with a lot of my friends from Chicago, a lot of my friends from, uh, you know, a lot of my friends from the Midwest who I don't usually get to see very often. So uh, it was a great, uh, time to relax even though parts uh, like <laughs> i felt like trying to get off of the reservation of us uh, of the kalahari resorts was like trying it was like a season of prison break uh it was, <laughs> it was like trans if you didn't have a car uh ubers straight up don't exist in in sandusky ohio it's actually yeah. ridiculous yeah yeah those areas like when you're in the the i had that experience going to uh oregon for on this vacation i went on to which by the way if you haven't been to portland or bend I, like awesome cities like i usually visit a lot of cities in, my, in america that i'm like really disappointed in like i'm like oh why is why is there so much hype about pittsburgh and then i go to pittsburgh and i'm like pittsburgh sucks but bend and oregon <laughs> are awesome and if you're from pittsburgh dude i'm sorry but like I thought your city sucked, man. And anyway, Bend was great. Um, but when you go to these places, like outside of Bend and outside of like uh, Portland, every other part that we drove by was kind of like what you're saying, where you're like stranded in the middle of nowhere. And you're just like, you forget that most of America is actually that. And it's not just Ubers everywhere. Like us East Coast and like West Coast people, we're a little uh, spoiled by like just being able to get a ride literally anywhere at any time with all that stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Let me, let me give you an anecdote. Let me give you a, a look into how bad the Uber experience was, because this is one of the few times I didn't drive to a tournament myself. As you know, you, as the other designated driver coming out of our area, you, it's usually me or you that carries the, the brunt of the load in which in transporting yeah. people, uh, this weekend, I was very fortunate in which I didn't have to do. So, uh, Max Ketchum, uh, uh, decided to, uh, throw me in the back of his car and drag my carcass across, uh, you know, uh, a couple states to Ohio this weekend. So that was a lot of fun, but I was, you know, not having a car was very strange. And just to kind of paint the picture of how bad the Uber situation was, I went out to dinner on Saturday night with a few of my friends. Uh, we get in, in Uber, uh, you know, we, we, uh, get lucky. Uh, we get, we get a ride. It's about 15 minutes away to our restaurant. Uh, the same Uber driver picks up our friends that dropped us off at the restaurant. It was incredible. <laughs> Wait, like, what? Our, our, like yeah, our Uber, our Uber driver's name was Jeff. He drove a white Mercury. Uh, he, dro he drove like a white Mercury. You know, Damn, sedan. You're gonna, just, you're gonna dox him here? Yeah, I am. Shout out to Jeff, <laughs> big fan of the podcast. Uh, sure, but like, yeah, our Uber situation was so bad that the same driver that picked us up and dropped us off at the restaurant also picked up our friends and drove them to the same restaurant. Damn, it was. Dude. It was. That guy's I've never had that happen uh, before. Uh, 
Guy probably had like the busiest weekend of his life, like just driving back and forth, like for everybody. But anyway, <laughs> how was the actual event itself, though? Like, how did you feel about actually being there? And like, you know, did it feel like old times, or were you still kind of like, because this is your first time going to like a big event post COVID yes. and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, of, of this size for sure. Um, I'd say yes and no. Uh, I would say that. Uh, the space that we had to use in the main ballroom was as advertised. There was a lot of space. Uh, so you never felt overcrowded. You never felt stuffed on top of people. I think they could have done maybe a little bit better with the social distancing aspect of things. Um, that's something that, you know, I feel like a lot of people really haven't mastered the art of uh, figuring out yet mm-hmm. in regards to, you know, this this era of, you know, not. You know, so yeah, like, you know, you, you have to be vaccinated. Uh, you know, you can be vaccinated, but also it's not a, re- a requirement thing yet. Um, so I, I'd, I'd say they could have done maybe a little bit better with th- with that aspect of it. But I will say the event space itself uh, was spacious. There was tons of setups to play on. Uh, I've never been more happy. Let, let, I'll, I'll explain it to you this way. I, uh, I was running late to something. I was to, like meeting a couple of friends in the venue. I had to stand in a bag check line. I was about 15, 20 minutes long, and I've never been more excited to be inconvenienced by hotel security, Glenn. Um, <laughs> because one of my biggest complaints about tournaments uh, is that, you know, uh, back when the, the subject of event security was a much more hotter topic, uh, you know, I would expect I was expecting some sort of like an uptick in event security, you know, better bag checks, making sure that like foreign items aren't brought uh, inside the venue and i gotta say riptide out of all the tournaments i've been to since that you know became a bigger talking point about three years ago um has been uh was as advertised the bag checks were thorough uh you couldn't bring any outside food or drink into the venue which was very convenient because uh you know the the kalahari is a resort there is bars set up everywhere so there's just people walking around uh drinking massive expensive frozen and non-frozen drinks so you know (laughs) alcohol is is at a plenty but none of that was allowed in the venue um you know obviously you know uh there was a a couple of cases of covid that that came out of the event um but as for myself within the venue i actually think what really saved me is that you know there was when i was not in the venue uh and i was outside i was not wearing a mask but whenever i was in you know crowds of people whom i did not know i did not spend that much time indoors with those said people and when i was in the venue i was double masks and sanitizing my hands all weekend so i think I, i think what really helped me was that okay you know i I understand that, yes, like, I'm sure most of the people in the venue are vaccinated. I think uh, one of the guys that was staffed, whom I'm friends with, uh, he mentioned he they only had, like, maybe, like, 19, 20 cases of people who weren't vaccinated. And their reasoning was, oh, like, I didn't know it was, uh, it was a thing or not. Um, right, so, right. So, so yeah, so the, the number of people who were non-vaccinated in the venue sounds like it was pretty low for the most part. And everybody... Um, so, you know, I, I guess, you know, given the circumstances of people that have tested positive, I think there's like four or five positive tests that have come out of everything. And yeah, I, I would say for on the COVID side of things, it was a it was a pretty rousing success. Masks and vaccines work. So please continue to uh, wear your mask inside and get the vaccine if you're uh, able to. Uh, but I will say something that kind of failed in comparison is that um, the way that the pools were scheduled for the event was uh interesting to say the least so basically <laughs> if, if, if you made it out of your round one pool you immediately started playing your round two pool and you kept going until you were eliminated so there were people who were uh 
uh, to just give an example, Cola, you know, top Roy main from Georgia was eliminated at 65th and sharp, uh, you know, a, a, uh, Swiss Army Knife character main uh, from Rhode Island was sitting at winner's quarters uh, before I had even played my squad strike pool at noon. So, oh wow, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, I think I think what they were trying to do was, and I understand why. And also, uh, all of round two pools were not played uh, out where they were running round two pools and round one pools at the same time. So they were playing round two pools um, behind uh, the like where the main stage was. So you actually couldn't watch round two pools happening. So all of us are getting updated on what's happening, uh, you know, within you know, round two pools uh, on the PG stats, Twitter. So somebody made the point. It's like, you know, if, if congratulations, if you paid like 80 plus bucks in venue, uh, you know, to come to riptide in person, you're getting the same experience as the people at home, which is us just like getting the information via the internet. And I get why they did it. I think, I think they were trying to like mitigate on, Massive crowds because those are the matches that everyone's going to watch. That's where a lot of your upsets happen. And that oh, top right. And, so and they're and trying top... to like keep things moving and not have it everyone be too focused on like, oh, I'm going to wait for this match and like everyone huddled in one corner waiting to see this guy play this guy, like all that stuff. Yeah. And great yeah. that that also happened in like round one pools, but obviously not to the extent that would happen around two pools. It's just mostly people yelling for their friends at like, you know, 10, 12 o'clock, you know, in the afternoon in the morning or whatever. So I'd say that aspect of it felt a little bit cheapened because we didn't get to see a lot of like the really dope matches that happened this weekend. Um, You know, there's a Rob main from South Florida uh, who beat Mars, uh, who made a really deep run into bracket. Obviously, uh, you know, sharp beat Cola and he made a, 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 a round, you know, a, a run up to ninth place. Uh, there's a lot of just stuff that we missed, and I don't know how majors are gonna, you know, compensate yeah. for that. Maybe add more, maybe had have more streams so you can at least like record these matches. You know uh, what though, I I do I do think though, like as you know, obviously, um, the one good thing is I actually do like the thing you were saying about how they ran things quickly. Like, of course, that means you maybe didn't get to see like, hey, you know, I'm a big fan of this player. Like, this is the best Peach player versus like, this is the best Bowser player or whatever. And I really want to watch their match. And maybe you miss it. But as as a competitor and stuff, like, I like when things just run fast. Like, I I think when there's too much downtime, it's a little bit like, at least for me, just my personal preference. Like when I'm competing and I go to those big events, I want it to be like, I go there and I'm like, if I have momentum and I'm playing well, I don't want to sit out for an hour and like, you know, get my energy back. I actually want to keep playing and keep the iron hot. So maybe that's like a good thing for, I'm sure there's players who are both like some players probably like that. Some players are probably like, dude, this is too fast. I kind of need a break so that I can like recharge or whatever. Um, yeah, so the, I mean that's interesting. I didn't know that they they changed anything about the format. I mean, it's probably, I mean it's probably maybe a response to like you remember Smash and Splash like like the year before the pandemic hit. Yes, yes. It was like it was like the worst run like tournament, and that tournament's great. It was also in a Kalahari resort, which is a water park. Um, but man, like dude, some of those like brackets took forever to do. Like I remember someone did finish their pool before I started my pool. And we both make it out of pools, but then my pool, my next pool starts and his second pool didn't start until like 11 at night. So he was done by like 12 PM and he didn't start playing again until 11 PM. And it's like, holy crap, dude. (laughs) So maybe they were trying to fix that. And they're just like, let's just streamline it. Like everyone, once you start playing, you're going to, you're going to keep going forever. 
Yeah, and I know there are certain players that do like that, like you said. I know there was a couple of people I talked to. They were like, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. And this is where I'll get into some of like the stuff that you know wasn't like the best part of the weekend is that number one not being able to bring any like food or drink into the venue there was like little like water machines like outside uh you know of, of the main hallway and stuff but uh th- where we were located in the convention center the kalahari uh to get to where food was it was like a breath of the wild like tr- travel screen <laughs> like you're literally tra- traversing like across like you know i'm um, like it, if it, i walked pretty i think i walked like a mile every day like like yeah. at least in the morning to get to where my hotel room was to the venue. So like when I'm at the venue, I kind of want to stay there. So like, you know, if you're playing earlier in the day, I think the buzz was like, Oh, I started playing at 12 and it's not playing till eight o'clock. And you know, I'm hungry. I, I I'm thirsty. I need something to do uh, because I'm, I'm literally like starving here. So um, yeah, I think in that so aspect funny. of it, things were rough. And another aspect of, of things that kind of sucked is that, you know, you're in the venue all day. You fit, I think, you know, you finished playing squad strike. I like, I don't know, like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night and everything in Ohio closes at nine o'clock. So all the restaurants close really early, all the, you know, all the bars and stuff close really early. And like I mentioned, if you don't have a car to leave, you know, the, the facility of the Kalahari resorts, your food options are pretty limited. And as far as hotel food goes, like the hotel cafeteria food of the Kalahari was not by any means the worst food I've ever had in my entire life. Like I've I've had significantly worse and significantly better hotels, but um, I would I, I it was just a little like frustrating to kind of plan stuff because you'd have to leave to eat dinner at like six o'clock in the afternoon, and yeah. you know if you don't if you and then you know you don't have a car. Okay, how are we gonna get there? Uber Eats isn't a thing. Apparently, you can only order things on DoorDash, and even then, all the restaurants close so early. Your options are incredibly limited. <laughs> so, um, oh man, I hate yeah, that feeling. Was, yeah, so everything about the tournament itself was fine you know obviously i feel it sucked a little bit not to watch like round two pools happen you know watch a lot of that stuff you know go down on twitter um but you know the actual top eight itself was great i thought both oh you know all three of the games were dope um you know rivals was rivals is always fun to watch in person uh, as a non-competitor in that game melee was awesome man melee was so cool to watch yeah and also i was gonna say you know top three for ultimate um was mk leo at number one uh, second place was Tweak with Diddy Kong. MKLeo played Byleth. Tweak played Diddy Kong. And third place was Spargo with Cloud and Mithra Pyra. Yeah. And it's it's just funny because it was the, someone pointed this out. Like it was the exact same top three as uh, Summit. Except I was one of those people that pointed that out. Yeah, except that obviously Tweak won that. And I gotta say, I lost I lost some money, bro. I lost some money. Hey, I should have taken your bet. Honestly, I'm looking back at it. I could have taken so much of your money, dude. Well, to be fair, uh, it's not like. All right, let me let me just explain to people what I'm talking about here. <laughs> so when the when we were in the pandemic and tournaments were gone, right? Um, Tweak is is a friend of mine. Like I had played him. I'd gone to play with him in person and stuff. And I was like, holy crap, dude! This guy's Diddy Kong is unreal. Like when seeing it in person, I was like, when tournaments come back. This dude is going to destroy everyone. Like, I I have no doubt in my mind that he's the best player in the world right now. He was number two forever. But, like, after seeing what he was able to do in person and stuff with Diddy and how creative he is specifically, I was like, dude, no one is this creative. Like, I think when he plays MKLeo, who's, you know, number one in the world, I think he's going to wash him. Like, not just win. He's going to wash him. And everyone's kind of, like, memeing on me, whatever. And then fast forward to Summit. 
Tweak has to play Mkeleo and he deletes this man's soul. Like it wasn't even like close. It was like he just blew him out. He took the two sets off of him fucking in in like it was amazing, right? And it was like I called it from a mile away. I made a lot of money. All right. People bet against Tweak on that one. And I just people will always obviously like they'll take the safe bet where MKLeo is a safe bet. He's the best player in the world. And I was like, you know what? His time is up. But then fast forward to this to the to the uh, Riptide, and it looked like it was going to be a repeat of what happened before. I had bet on on Tweak beating MKLeo, and the first two games he was destroying him, and then all of a sudden MKLeo just figures something out and turns the whole thing around and then wins the tournament. And I'm like, he's still the best, and I can't even hate on him anymore because now he's doing it with like objectively not a great character. Like this is not Joker. Like what he was doing before where he was just killing people at 40 with like, you know, max rage back air and like really cheesy Joker stuff. He was just playing out of his mind and like, I got to just shake the guy's hand like GG's bro. Like he bodied everybody. So yeah, I, I lost a lot of money, but technically I only lost the money I made off of Summit. So you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're broke. Even. Honestly, I, I think the one talking point I would take out of this tournament is that Tweak and Leia are obviously like a step above everybody else right now. And Spargo's yeah. definitely not far behind either. Uh, they had did not have the easiest bracket run either because there's definitely a couple of odd, I want to say odd balls, but definitely some faces that, you know, you might not be expecting to make it that far. Louis Money, uh, b- yeah. a big fan of him. He's one. Of, he's, he's a he's a good dude. Uh, making it very far with Fox and, and Palutena, two characters that are not necessarily at the top of most people's uh you know, tier list and elegant, obviously with a return to form. Oh, right. He got fourth. Um, That's right. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's a super impressive run, man. And I, I got to spend a little bit of time with elegant this weekend. Uh, you know, me and him have like always kind of like known each other in passing circles, but like, uh, he, he's, he's such a good dude. He has such, like a good head on his shoulders about like, you know, his, his performance and, 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 you know, uh, just like what he has to do to like get the most out of his characters. And it was, a, it was a dope watch. Uh, yeah, for it was for a, those it was, who don't know, elegant is a solo Luigi main. And the reason why it's like in, impressive that he, he made it that far is because Luigi is not considered that good in, in any smash game really. Um, and in this game, he's like reviled. Like Luigi is almost like a derogatory term. Now, like you, you call a character, <laughs> a Luigi when you're like, this character is cringe. And just as cheesy and Luigi zero to death you in this game. Like he's, he has the little vacuum grab from Luigi's mansion and he grabs you with the vacuum and then he just can actually just kill you at zero, no matter where you are on the stage. And so, yeah, that's part of the reason why it was a big deal to see elegant and get fourth. Cause like, he's the only Luigi guy, like no one else really plays Luigi at that level. And he honestly, I think he went Oh two. Like at some of the bigger events, like at the beginning of Ultimate, people were calling him washed. Like, oh, you were carried in the previous Smash game and look at you now and shit. And then he's like, you know, if you looked at his Twitter, dude, he was like rubbing in people's faces. He was like, don't you ever forget that I got fourth at this event. And and to be fair, I mean, he's kind of right, you know. Um, And obviously, like right behind him was like Meister with uh, Game & Watch, which was hilarious to me because, dude, Meister is, uh, you know, he's a top player, right? Um, and he's the, definitely the best game and watch main and he travels the world 
to lose yeah. to MK Leo and Spargo everywhere he goes. He Dude, loses so- to his two boys. His two, <laughs> like, the other two people who are from his general area, he loses to them every tournament that he goes to. It's like, bro, we're flying across the country or across the world so I could just lose to the same two people. Like, that's hilarious to me. He, <laughs> you know- he probably has, like, a little... A little uh, a map of the world and you know how people put a pin every place that they've been to he puts a pin in every country that he lost to mk leo and spargo in he just puts a <laughs> pin down <laughs> dude you know what's you know what's funny um i because f- what what comes with these offline majors again is that there is a a new string of of you know for this is i talked to a few people this weekend and it was their first like major ever and then i suddenly felt extreme excruciating back pain because i was like my god i'm old um but uh, I, I felt so bad for like these people are like walking around the venue. They're giving like seven to one odds and side bets for my services, Leo. And I'm just like these poor unsuspecting souls are just going to get swindled in the side betting with their favorite top player because they know the inside information and they don't. Um, it, it, it was it, it was just <laughs> yeah. really funny to watch. But also, yeah, that's just, that's messed up, dude. Like, yeah, aw, that's and you can always get away with that with like character main so if you if you if you meet someone who like they don't they're new to tournaments and they play like a character and then you go hey do you want to bet on the guy who plays your character like he's really good and really you know like all right man like i'm abusing this game and watch main because he thinks meister is gonna win you know what i mean (laughs) and i'm just gonna abuse them or you abuse people who are like locals like if you're in canada and the canadian hero guy is on stream and he's about to play like you know a top player you just always can farm off of the people who are going to go for their guy, even if it's like, dude, there's no way this guy's going to win. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's, it's, yeah. it's very funny. Um, but yeah, honestly, the, the top eight for, for both games was a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, it was just fun. To, it, I, I loved like I I forgot the little things I missed about going to majors. Like I love how uh, how Fox and, and Falco's shine and melee sounds on like the house speakers yeah, at majors because it's got yeah. that like bass and that like static at the end of it. I'm yeah, just like, it mm. feels like someone got bodied. Like when IBW yeah. like freaking shined everyone, I was just like, dude, this guy just like there's a there's a feel. You're right. I forgot like those little experiences that you get at tournaments, man, like the little sound effects from melee, hearing them on a big screen big speakers and the crowd is going crazy watching these combos yeah i i miss it and actually that's part of the reason why we're talking about this because like i wanted to ask your experience and see what it was like i already i've seen what everyone's been saying and like you mentioned max earlier who gave you a ride uh max ketchum is like you know a famous uh smash commentator he also organizes some of the best events he was one of the best players at one point like he i I love max to death i'm only gonna say it's here because i don't want to say it to his face I respect him so much and I love him so much that I can't say it to his face. Like, I, I don't want him to know. I'm going to just put it here so maybe he can hear it secondhand and I don't have to, like, embarrass myself. But Max is a homie and I love him. And, like, he he actually put this whole thing into perspective for me because he was saying how, like, I just saw him tweet about this either yesterday or, or today or something where he was like, you know, if you, if you look at it, um, like, nobody – really got covid at this event like if you if you look at how many people went you know and you see how many cases of 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 covid there were at this this is like the first big one and again it's like a water park like it's a resort like people are going to be doing things that they it's not just a normal you know venue where you have your mask on all the time like some people are going out and like you know they're in on water slides or whatever and not that many people got covid you know and i think it, it's really proof 
that, you know, COVID is a conspiracy and, you know, it never really existed. <laughs> you had me going there for a second. You and really that, did. you know, vaccines are a scam. Like I, Max is just like, he's so smart when he points that stuff out. No, it, honestly, <laughs> his point was vaccines work, dude, because look at how big this event was. Look how many people went and like nobody, we have like a few people who got sick, but they're not hospitalized. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not like everyone who was in contact with that person got COVID. Um, and yeah, like everyone has been getting tested because like, again, we found out there was one or two positive cases, but for the most part, I don't know anyone. I know a lot of people who went and I don't know anyone who's sick right now or who tested positive out of our circle of people. And literally all of our scene went like all of New York and, and New Jersey smash and Pennsylvania smash. Everybody went. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, for me, for me, it was a big deal because like I didn't go to this event for a couple of different reasons. But part one of the reasons I didn't go was because I didn't want to go to like the first big one back. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I'm still kind of, I was still like very cautious about like the COVID stuff and, you know, smash, you know, hygiene and just the hygiene of people in general outside of smash at big events. Like I don't like crowds, dude. I don't like amusement parks in general. And yeah. so the fact that this was actually a success and everything, um, in that regard, like now I'm, now I'm like really happy and excited to go to the next big event and like actually return to like normal. You know what I mean? That was kind of like the last normal part of my life that hasn't come back for me yet is going to these giant smash events and hearing the melee shine on the, on the speakers. Like you just said, like the bass boosted shine spark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will say I, I definitely tried to avoid, you know, uh, a lot of the problem areas that would come with this. Uh, I did not go in the pool proper. Uh, there was actually a swim up hot tub uh, that a bunch of us hung out in. So like, you know, I felt pretty safe hanging out in like, you know, in a group with like my, you know, immediate, our immediate group of friends, because, you know, we know who they are. We know where they've been. Uh, it's easier to, to, you know, to, to track someone's habits that way. And also a lot of, you know, like I mentioned, whenever I was outside, I did not feel the, you know, didn't always feel the need to wear a mask. You know, we did a lot of our hanging out and like big partying outside. Uh, we actually don't, we actually commandeered the parking lot for the venue on Saturday night. We had a, a hotel party get so big. Uh, it was, it was like, I, I hate using the expression. It was like a movie, but it was like actually a movie. It was like kind of ridiculous. It was a lot of fun. My life but... is a movie. I love that. Meme. Yeah. <laughs> My life is yeah. a movie. <laughs> yeah. But um, I will say, you know, let this be a, a, a bench, you know, maybe not, uh, I'd say a benchmark, but like, you know, let's see how things go further because where I'm worried is that obviously something that was big is that, you know, uh, I think like two weeks for the event, you know, Ohio changed their, their state legislation where, you know, you could not require COVID, uh, you know, proof of vaccination from people unless the, the vaccine was FDA approved. The vaccine was FDA approved like two weeks before the event. And so Riptide was like, hey, you know, it's not just good enough to wear a mask inside. You, if, if you have proof of vaccination, we need that as well. And if you don't, and right. if you don't, then we need at least a negative COVID test, you know, within like X amount of days yeah. of the event. Uh, when yeah. I, where I get worried is like states, you know, low tide city is another event that's happening in like a few weeks and that event's happening in Texas, which has very Dude. different legislative laws regarding the vaccine. So Texas and, and Florida, I, you can't pay me to do things in those states. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I'm just, they're great states. They, they're great to, well, maybe not Florida as much, but like, I just mean to visit as a tourist pre COVID Texas is awesome. You know what I mean? But now with this kind of stuff and like 
it's so popular there to hate on all that stuff and to not take precautions. Like there are people I know who don't have the vaccine and they maybe are immunocompromised or they have like other reasons, but like that's fine with me because they're careful in their daily life. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about people who are like aggressively acting like this isn't a thing and they're like not wearing masks ever and they're acting like everything is normal. Like Texas and Florida are the like the the, the centerpieces. I, have, I, I don't want to get into personal stories that I have, but man, some of the stories of like people I know telling me things about Florida that they've experienced firsthand in recent weeks, it's it's bad, dude. So yeah, that that gif of Bugs Bunny song of Florida and SpongeBob shaped as Texas <laughs> will like never not be in in constant circulation in my phone. Like those that two gifts sl- age like a fine wine. <laughs> the, the 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 Bugs Bunny one literally is just like every year it gets more and more powerful. That that <laughs> meme, if you invested in that meme, bro, you're just a billionaire in in the meme world, bro. Yeah, give me the NFT of that. Like yeah, I would, for I, real, you're, you're probably a bajillionaire by this point. But and so you didn't you didn't commentate at uh, Riptide, right? You I didn't. did not. I was I was not selected for uh, the event uh, this weekend. But you know what? It, it's fine. You know, as a as you know, I, I actually had a lot of people talk to me about it this weekend, and like it's really not that big a deal. You know, yeah. there's t- there's tons of events. There's a lot of mouths to feed. I do. You know, there's some stuff I'm going to later in the year uh, that you know I I will be in attendance at. So you know, I'm not losing sleep. I honestly yeah. just wanted to go, just like hang out with everybody i gotta i gotta admit there was a few people that were there this weekend uh that we uh that we know in our in our personal life that i was not expecting to like be there this weekend that like made me really excited you know when we because uh when we went when we went to this uh we went to this uh hot tub bar Uh, basically the entire the way that the bar works is that the bar was in like the middle of this hot tub and then you had to like swim up on either side of it and that fed out into like a bigger outdoor area of the pool and essentially the right side of this bar was just the entirety of New Jersey. So um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah and I, I I was uh graciously surprised by uh Schwappel. Uh no, I did not know was gonna be there this the weekend. Boy, I love him to death. Yeah. I got really excited when I saw like a lot of people. I screamed at the top of my lungs when I saw Adam because I haven't yeah. seen Adam in so long and he's one of my favorite people. So Yeah, I, you're just, one of those people like I feel like, you know, you you were gonna enjoy the event and obviously you wanted to make it for commentary, but like not everyone's gonna make it all the time and you know, you're just gonna you you went and enjoyed your time there anyway. You know, yeah. I mean, you know if it makes it you if it makes you feel any better, you know, I didn't I didn't make it either. Um, <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, they reached. I would out have to had me. problems. Yeah, like they actually reached out to me, <laughs> but like you know, my rate was so high that they they couldn't afford it, and I was like, you know what? Like, I want people like Kyle and all the other commentators. That I want you could afford them. I don't want you to waste all the money on me because then you can't afford to pay everybody. So you know, I just took the L and. Um, I thought maybe that would get you the gig, but I guess even that wasn't wasn't enough. And uh, I'm sorry. You know what? My agent will talk to your agent. We'll, 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 I'm going to make sure. To, I'm going to make sure you never work in this town again, buddy. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> but uh, I will say, and and like I like I said, this is just advice <laughs> to the general commentator. Uh, don't look at rejection letters as like the end of the world. Uh, yeah. You know, again, especially given the circumstances of like how events are operating now on like hard caps of like how many people they're allowed in the venue and this and that. So everything's going to be like very concise. <laughs> so there's, um, yeah, you know, there, there's, there's again, it, it's a, a problem being, you know, a, a big fish in a small pond sort of deal. There's just so many like uh, commentators and, you know, not enough jobs always go around. But the benefit of that is that there's always a, another major next weekend. So. You know, yeah. uh, you know, just just keep on vibing. That's that's, that's also also last thing we'll say on this. Like, you know, I think for you specifically, like obviously, you know, it, for anyone, it's going to be always a little disappointing when you get one of those letters. 
But then you also have to remember that like, you know, you're someone that everybody knows to some degree, and maybe you're not, you know, the number one, you're not Coney where like he's going to get the, the best gigs and, and deservedly so like, he's obviously really great. Um, but you're still very known. And the people I actually feel bad for, are like if you're starting out now and there's so much, much competition and like, you know, you already have years of, of like knowing people in the community. So at least for you, there's like more of like a, you've established yourself. Like you're not starting from zero. And I feel like sometimes when I look at the politics of like, how commentators end up booking the bigger gigs. It, I just look at it as like, if you're starting out now, like it's, it's not that it's impossible, but man, it's hard. Like it just looks so hard to like get your foot in the door. I know, you know what that's like, cause you already went through it, but, oh, um, yeah. but yeah, the fact that you're already kind of halfway there is like, I guess that's part of the bright side of the whole situation of like not getting, you know, the commentary spots. Like I said, as long as you never work in this town again, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll survive, so. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna start rendering all you guys homeless. Like once I get my foot <laughs> in that door of being a top commentator, you, Max, Hazmat, Coney, everybody's sleeping outside, bro. You guys did invest in Patagonia, bro. You guys are gonna be outdoors <laughs> all day. It's I'm okay. Gonna get, Listen, I'm gonna have you it, a like, tent. In, in in two weeks, I'm gonna I'm gonna taking be taking all the jobs. Yeah. I'm taking all the jobs, bro. Give me three weeks. I'm gonna be reaping the benefits of Nickelodeon money, so I'll be yeah. uh, I'll be okay. So, all right. So obviously, you know, we mentioned it a little earlier, but last week, you know, I couldn't be on the show because of how many like stupid spoilers Nintendo is showing with like the new the latest Metroid trailers. It's like. They're overdoing it in a way because it's like, wow, we went from Metroid drought for 10 years to like, okay, now we're going to show you literally everything about this game. Like there's stuff that people have told me in those trailers, like vaguely told me. And I'm like, thank God I didn't watch that trailer. Um, and obviously you guys went in depth on that last week or the last episode of this podcast. Um, but it made me just think about like game trailers in general, right? Because like, it's really interesting how like, I don't know where you're at with this. I feel like we're going to be on opposite sides of the fence, but obviously like I understand, I think I'm going to understand where you're coming from. And I think you're going to understand where I'm coming from. Like, sure. I'm at the point. I feel like you're very excited by trailers and you love like, you know, the, the genuine, we all love the excitement of like announcements and stuff. Right. But the older I get, dude, I'm going from that guy to like transforming into dude. I just hate trailers. <laughs> like, like I hate trailers now and I hate hype trains and I hate, um, I hate the buildup of the announcement of the announcement and then the annou another announcement and then you see a little more. Like, I get why it's there, but for me, I'm just like, I want to recreate the experience of like when you were a kid, right? You didn't watch a trailer for like your first Mario game. You just got it and you played it and you fell in love with it and it changed your life, right? Or like your yes. first, whatever the important game is for anyone as a kid. Like, I didn't see a trailer for o Ocarina of Time. Or you know what I mean? Like someone just, I got it. I bought it. And when I played it, it blew my head off. And so now we're in this thing where there's like hype trains and like you see things three years before they come out and all that stuff. And then the Metroid trailer where I'm like, bro, I don't want to see this anymore. You know what I mean? So like how, how pessimistic do I sound right now? Like, what do you think of me hating on trailers? And like, how do you, I know you probably love trailers, right? Like you're, I feel like we talk about trailers and you're more of like, this is awesome. You love the hype train and you love the conversation that it built around the game. So uh, for me, it depends on the medium. And 
I will say, like, I, I you, you, you're pretty spot on. Like, I understand <laughs> you, 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 you clocked me pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of trailers. You know, I like looking because I'm one of those guys where I'm like, okay, like, there are certain games where like you don't have to sell me on it. Like games, like if if it's a game within like my wheelhouse, like if it's a Pokemon game, if it's an, you know, if, if it's like a, you know, I don't know, a Mario game, a Sonic game, you know, anything of that nature, I will probably buy it without having to see a trailer for it. Um, yeah. there's been times where I've watched trailers and I'm just like, you know, I, especially for games, it's like, I want you to sell me on this. Okay. Jordan Belfort, sell me this pen, so, you know, sell g- me g- this trailer. <laughs> yeah. So, so give, give me, a re- I'll give you a perfect example of this. Uh, when Bayonetta two was coming out for the Wii U, I really had no interest in buying that game. Um, at the time I had like played a little bit of Bayonetta one. I was not super interested in it, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, Oh, by the way, we're packaging Bayonetta one. If you pre-order or, you know, if you pre-order the game or if you buy the game, you, you know, you get Bayonetta one and two. And I'm just like, okay, I'm in. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, so if I didn't, if I didn't watch the trailer announcement for that, I would have had no idea. Um, Right. So I think for games, I'm, I'm much more inclined to watch trailers. Granted, even I thought, you know, that last Metroid trailer was a little bit much. I think you get to a point where there's only so much of the game you can show. And I think you yeah. kind of leave it that way. Unless, um, unless just a quick aside, like unless there's so much more going on that we don't know about that. We think that's a, that's a lot. And then when we play the game, we're like, wow, that was scratching the surface. Like hopefully that's what happens. But anyway, go on. Yeah. So my, my big thing on that is that, you know, for games, I want you to sell me on, you know, on the uh on, on what i can expect here you know what, yeah. what does it what does it look like an action uh you know what what kind of uh i don't you know what kind of, of of an experience can i expect here if it's like a story thing i usually try to avoid those if there's like you know big spoiler you know story spoilers and stuff uh because those are things i like to experience on my own and it's the same thing with movies you know with with most movie trailers obviously in a movie you're you're slightly more inclined to be spoiled on things um, I know, you know, friend and supporter of the show, producer of the show, Riz, uh, hates trailers. <laughs> he does not like watching trailers yeah. at, at all. Uh, I'm a little bit indifferent towards it because I know eventually I'm not going to be able to avoid it. As, again, as long as the story isn't spoiled for me, I don't care what you show me in the trailer because I at least want, you know, g- give me a reason to want to show up to this movie or to watch this show or to play this game that I probably wouldn't have played otherwise unless I had watched this. Now, again, yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah, that's pretty much where I like land on that. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause like, I, I'll think, well, one thing I was going to say too, is like about the Metroid thing is like, um, so for me, like I'm going to buy that game day one. And I was impressed with the reveal, but I know a lot of people like are hungry. He's a huge Metroid fan. And he didn't like what he saw from the reveal trailer, right? But then the newer trailers, like story spoilers aside, the game itself, like the graphics and everything, look way better in the newer trailers. And so if you're avoiding trailers and you didn't like the reveal, you're kind of missing the opportunity for the game to win you over. You know what I mean? Like if if, exactly. if it, it kind of didn't impress you. So I guess there's that element to it too. Um, and also... Yeah, like what you said about like the Bayonetta one and two thing, or like you know, I love for example uh, the Mario, the Mario, um, what is it called? The new one is it like Mario Party Superstars? Like the the one yeah. that's coming out next month. That that's basically yeah. it, it. Has like the Mario Party two and three and the N sixty four era Mario Party stuff in it. Like the trailer needed to explain that to me. Like I needed a trailer to be excited about that concept 
Because if it was just, here's a Mario Party game and here's the name of it, I would have never realized that it was that. Um, and I guess it's fine, like, if they're going to release it soon. But yeah, they, there's also really bad trailers like the Sonic one um, where we're not even sure what it is. Like, it looks like it might be Sonic Adventure 3. And it was literally yeah. like, it wasn't a trailer, it was a teaser. It it's was offensive like, to call it a trailer. It's yeah, it's like, trailers. it's literally like five seconds long. And you see Sonic in it for a split second. You have no idea what's going on. And it doesn't even tell you what it is. And it's just like, oh, there's a new 3D Sonic game. We knew there was going to be one eventually. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, the, we got nothing out of that. Um, so I would say like, I, here's what I'll say. Because uh, I, I get what you're coming from actually. And you you kind of like in, like reminded me of like what the right way to look at this is. Like, when it's something that I'm not already a fan of, the trailers are really useful. Because like the Bayonetta thing or like, you know, game series where maybe I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. Can I see it? But when it's something like Zelda or Metroid where I'm like, or Smash, where I'm like, dude, they've never made a bad one and I'm going to buy it day one and I know I'm going to enjoy it just like I've enjoyed all the other ones, I would rather go into those blind. So like everyone has those like franchises or those series that they're like so into that they would rather go in without seeing anything. Like that's where I'm at with, I guess I just have to be more selective. Like it's not all trailers. It's just the trailers for Metroid and Zelda that I just can't do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Again, like, and something I'll even do is that I'll watch an initial trailer for a game that I like, and, like, I'll be sold enough to where I'm like, okay, I don't have to watch anything else. So, like, I'll, I'll watch, you know, one of these, uh, you know, I, I will watch, like, one of these uh, trailers, and then I won't watch any ever again because, like, I yeah. don't yeah. need to see those. So. That's where I'm at with Metroid. Like, I just wanted to see, like, okay, it's a 2D Metroid cool i get the general like it's a little different in this one regard so far and i don't need to see anything else because i'm gonna go get it but then you also have like dude the trailers that are just released like five years before the game comes out and like i get it with covid i'm sure a lot of this is like a lot of the recent examples are you know they're bad examples because covid made it bad like stretched it out but like imagine breath of the wild 2 the first trailer that you saw for it was the one they showed us just now at e3 that would have been way better because we would have been like, oh, it's coming next year. And like, it's already been so long that we know it's going to happen. It's not just like, here's a trailer four years before it comes out. And then we're just waiting for it and waiting for it. I hate the hype train, dude. I hate being on the train and the train stops in between stops, dude. And you're just like, bro, like I thought I was going to yeah. be there in 20 <laughs> minutes. And now I don't know when I'm going to get home. Like, that feeling, that's how it feels when they announce the game a year, you know, five years too early. Metroid Prime 4, we're not on that train. That hype train stopped a long time ago, and we're just in the middle of nowhere looking out, waiting for the train to start moving again. Like, we're in the middle of nowhere on that one. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you could just say it. It's Bayonetta 3. <laughs> that game's never Dude. coming out. <laughs> Dude, you could argue that that train never even left the station, man. Like, oh my god, bro. Like, the I hate those. Like, those are the trailers I actually hate, and they make me hate all trailers. But you're right. When it's something that's like informational, and it's like, hey, maybe I can sell you on something that you normally wouldn't get, then the trailers are great. Um, but yeah. So we mentioned Sonic a second ago. <laughs> Unfortunately, did you? So did you buy? Did you buy it at Sonic Colors Ultimate, uh, which is I have the remaster? Not, I have... Yeah, it's the remaster of the Wii Sonic Colors game, right? 
And it came out originally on September, this past September 7th, it just came out, this uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate. You didn't buy this Sonic game yet. I have not bought it yet, no. For a couple Why? reasons. Number one, you, n- number one, I did just recently play Sonic Colors again, so I'm not like Oh, that's dying. right. You did say yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not dying to play this game anytime soon. And number two, you know, like we're going to talk about, this game is uh, unfortunately glitched on arrival. Um, there's a on lot the of, Switch. Yeah, there's a lot of technical problems with this game, which is like, you know, a little unfortunate. So like, I'm kind of waiting to see if there's like a patch to this game. I know, I think I follow someone on like Sonic, social media that was like oh you know we're working on like getting a patch out for this game yada 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 so yeah they um, actually just put the patch out earlier this week so for people that don't know this game came out and the switch version specifically is so buggy that all of our social media feeds like in our little circle of of gamers we we're friends with a lot of sonic fans it's not just kyle unfortunately we're surrounded okay there's a, there's so many of them and everyone's playing this game and it's it's genuinely like a really good sonic game like this is one of the best sonic games so everyone's really excited about this and then they're posting this like you know moments from their their switch playthrough where the game is so buggy and there's like insane problems that you would never expect like you you would only expect it from like Sonic 06, but every Sonic game after that has been pretty solid with that. Like they haven't shipped a super buggy game in a while. Um, but dude, you know what I didn't know? It was just crazy. So apparently this game came out on September 7th and it was so buggy. And I guess Nintendo knew it was going to be buggy beforehand. So they actually didn't promote the game until September 14th, seven days later when the patch hit. They didn't want to sell this game in that state like i didn't even know that i've never seen nintendo do that ever where they're like dude we can't even say this game came out yet because it's that buggy at launch you know what i mean like we're gonna we're gonna promote it when it's patched because this this launch version is really bad i got an email on september 14th saying hey uh, you know sonic colors is out on the switch like a nintendo advertisement in my email and i'm like this game came out a week ago and then I look it up and it's like the patch had just hit and they were just waiting for the patch to tell you this game came out, dude, which is hilarious. But it's also, I mean, that's good business in a way because they're trying to be like, hey, you know, we don't want to sell you this piece of garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 a tough, uh, it's a tough draw. And I don't know, it's unfortunate that this game was so bugged to begin with because like, you know, everyone was for the most part pretty excited about this game. So I, um... You know, it, it was definitely a little disheartening to see that like a game that I really do enjoy uh, was not being received that great, especially because it's, you know, many considered by many to be one of the last great Sonic games that had just came out. So, uh, yeah, definitely. It, it, yeah, it, it's a little rough. And again, eventually, like I will get to this game, um, you know, with everything else coming out because Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, I think, just had their uh, release date confirmed. Uh, so that's coming out in like. Like I think it's coming out October fifth. So you know, there, there's there's things that are uh, the way that I'm at in my point now with games is that you know if it's a game that I, I can play for work, <laughs> then I'm probably going to prioritize it over anything else. Oh, I um, see now. So okay. like, yeah, that so, like, explains and- a lot because I'm honestly surprised at how excited you are about the Nickelodeon game. Like, and not just you, a lot of Smashers, which makes sense because it's a similar genre. It's a platform fighter, but I'm st- I was still shocked that like. You guys talk about it all the time. And I'm like, now I get it. I'm like, oh, wait, 
for Koopa, this is a possibly another great job that he can commentate uh, Nickelodeon stuff. Like that is awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? So like yeah. I didn't even I didn't even think about it from that perspective. Like for you, there's a whole another reason to be interested in that game being great. Yeah, and again, first and foremost, you know, I'm just excited about the game in in you know for the obvious reasons that it's it's a platform fighter. And it's a, and it's with my second biggest hyperfixation, which is cartoons. And I'm, yeah. you know, you get to I'm slap super- Helga Pataki, and that's why you're you're, you're excited. Yeah, you get to actually I mean- hit her. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this, this is yeah. just I don't, yeah, I, I can't wait to hit her with uh, with uh, Stimpy's eyes. Uh, well yeah, I'm looking forward to. So yeah, so Sonic Colors. Uh, I'm I I'm gonna be honest, bro. I mean, I was kind of looking at the footage. I'm like, damn, that game actually looks kind of fun. Like. I kind of I, I was a little bit like maybe I should buy a Sonic game for the first time in in a century. You know what I mean? Especially a 3D Sonic game. Um, but yeah, that, the game's been getting pretty decent reviews, and obviously, like the I would prefer to get it on the Switch. I prefer to get all my games on the Switch. I know I'm you know a heretic with that, but um, yeah, the the patch is out, and I'm sure there's more patches. I don't think the game is as buggy as it used to be, but you know, part of the reason why I wanted to bring it up was also because. It, you know, our circle of like smashers, like it's really cool to hate Nintendo for everything that they do now. And of course, like, even though this show is called Glentendo, <laughs> I'm a pretty fair person. Like, I'm, I don't defend Nintendo at every turn. Like, I just try to like analyze it and be like, oh, this is what I think and and whatever. Right. And so, you know, Everyone in the Smash community, they, they hate that, like, Nintendo um, will close down, like, you know, Project Plus and, like, um, like a lot of modded stuff, especially, like, modded Smash events and stuff. And so they, they just think Nintendo's being greedy by, like, shutting down PM and stuff. And so when this Sonic Colors thing happened, it's like everyone was like, look at how shitty the Switch is and how shitty Nintendo is that this game is on their platform. And... That whole thing was so unfair. Like, where did you see what I'm t- what I'm talking about? Where like when people were posting the glitches from Sonic, it was like not just hey, this game is buggy. It was like Nintendo sucks because this game is really buggy. Like, did you see all those tweets the way I did? Yeah, that was it. Was kind of a weird place, like uh, frustration. Like, I don't know. Th- these things happen. You know, glitches are are not like an uncommon uh, thing to happen in these games, and. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people's like, it, pe- I think people were just kind of like picking at the low hanging fruit. It's like, der, her, der, it's a Sonic game that's not working on release. Haha. Let's all like pick the low hanging fruit again. It's, I don't know. Especially in like the patch era. Like, if Sonic 06 came out now in an era where like things get patched, like that game would probably be like not great, but it would still be playable, you know? Yeah, like they would have fixed it. But it was just weird because like I feel like the Smash community, they're so quick to like anything that they don't like about the Switch. It's, it just goes to Nintendo is garbage as a company. And I'm like, bro, they didn't develop this game. Like, this doesn't make any sense for you to blame the Switch for it. The Switch has ports of other games that are like, for example, uh, one guy pointed out Skyward Sword HD runs at 60 frames per second. And it's a port of a Wii game, just like Sonic Colors. It runs great. It's a perfect port. And it it's actually looks amazing. And like... It's not this thing where like, oh, look at how crappy the Switch is. Like the Switch could do Sonic Colors fine. It's just that whoever ported it did a bad job porting it. Like when Cyberpunk came out last year and it was a disaster, it was like the worst like launch 
for a game that I can remember in my lifetime. Like the PC version was great. And then the console versions were horrible. They literally were unplayable, worse than Sonic 06, worse than any game that you've ever seen, unplayable. No one blamed Sony and Microsoft for that. They blamed the guys who made the game. So whoever made this port for Sega, they need to be blamed. Like, yeah. we, And also, it's also like Nintendo, I just told you, they didn't even promote the game until it was fixed. Like they didn't tell everybody, hey, the Sonic game is out. It's great. Go spend your money on it right now. So like, I don't know. I just feel like fanboys sometimes they're so annoying because it's that classic thing of like they see they have, the only tool they have is a hammer and everything is a nail. So anything yeah. that comes up, it somehow <laughs> has to go back to like, see, Nintendo's so greedy and they're trash, like the Pokemon port and this and that. And I'm like, these things have nothing to do with each other, bro. Like absolutely nothing to do with each other. Skyward Sword is a first party Nintendo Wii game ported to the Switch. It's a perfect port. It's absolutely stunning in every regard, not even close to Sonic uh, colors. So, yeah, I don't know. We deal with these fanboys every day, bro. I don't know if you're tired of them, but I'm tired of them. I want to dunk I, on them every chance I get. Yeah, I don't associate with that part of the internet for my own mental health because it's just like you're just – It's I just insert that gif of like someone uh, – not that gif, but like a stock photo of some guy talking to a brick wall. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the dude. <laughs> dude, it's like your brain really just works in gifs. Like every time we're talking about something, you're like, it's like that gif or that, that – <laughs> it's like that meme. And I'm like, wow, Kyle's brain really just like – that's the way you see the world, bro. Every moment of life is really just some version of a meme that you saw on Twitter. <laughs> that's it. That's how I compartmentalize things, man. Like I, I ain't got a lot of space up here. I can only use it in so many, uh, so many terabytes. I'm definitely in need of an external hard drive for my brain. That's for sure. So yeah. And finally, the other thing that made Nintendo fanboys rage this week was that we finally have Bluetooth audio support for the Switch. They updated the Switch. And now you can connect your AirPods or any other Bluetooth device that give you a Bluetooth speaker, et cetera, right? You'd think that would make some people happy that they finally did this. But of course, the fact that the Switch came out 40 years ago and they're just updating it with this now, it, it needs to go into the narrative, right? So no one actually has any programming knowledge and knows how to do anything. Some of these people on Twitter, <laughs> they literally can't even make a sandwich, let alone a game, Right. But they know, they know that this is going into the agenda of this how greedy Nintendo is that they can't even do this on day one when the technology was built into the system to do this, right? So that's been what we've been hearing all week with the Bluetooth thing. Um, we find out that the Galaxy Brain take is that it's, it's actually, apparently it's because the Switch has like, um, you know how fast the Switch uh, home menu is? Like you press the home button and it just goes right to it. And you click on yes. another game and it goes right to it. Like everything's really fast on the OS for the Switch. Apparently, there's only like a certain amount of RAM that they have for that op to keep that up for the things that are on the operating system. And so the more things that you add to it, the slower the operating system gets. And apparently that's the theory on like why they might have waited to do that because they had to wait until they could figure out how to do it without making the whole OS really slow. And that ruins the concept of the system because if you have a portable system, you need it to be fast, whatever. So anyway, I personally, I'm glad that they did this because I thought, we all thought that they would have to like, when we saw the Switch OLED, the, the new Switch that comes out next month, we all thought that like, oh, okay, it's going to have the Bluetooth audio support because it's clearly like something that wasn't built into the hardware. And then they didn't announce it for that. 
And we're like, wait, are they just never going to do Bluetooth audio? And then we find out it wasn't a hardware thing. It was like the hardware was capable of doing it the whole time. They just didn't program it to do it. So somehow they figured it out and now it's here. I love it. Like I, I kind of am mad that I was on a trip because I was on the airplane. And part of the reason I didn't want to play my switch is because like I didn't have, I don't have wired headphones anymore. I only have my, my AirPods. So I couldn't hear anything. And so it made me not want to play certain games. And I'm like, dude, you couldn't just do this a week ago. That's my beef about this whole thing. I'm just glad they did it eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's valid. It's one of those things where it's like you're applauding Nintendo for like uh, doing something that like other systems have had incorporated for the last like, I don't know, like five or six years. Like, hey, remember when Nintendo released an HD system for the first time in 2014 when other companies were doing that in 2006? (laughs) Like yeah, it's right. a, it's the epitome of the yes girl give us the bare minimum. Uh, yeah. Like it's it's, but it's, again it's one of those things where like it's good to have. Um, I am and you know I am a a filthy Android user, so uh you know my headphones still have my phone still has a headphone jack lens, so I can have the option of a wired headphone. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm I'm in the future. I forgot that you're not yeah. in the future. I'm so I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're watching Jaws six with Marty McFly right now. Yeah. So, um, but. <laughs> Honestly, and it's it's one of those things where like it's yeah it's it's definitely nice to have on the road. Uh, can you use also use this like while like the switch is docked? Like am yeah I, yeah. Oh, so okay. I, that's that's another reason why I love it because I've been I have like a sound bar and I've had to like plug it into my switch with an aux cord this whole time to get really good sound so that I could feel Breath of the Wild. You know, I can feel it in my bum while I'm playing. Like I want to feel that game. So I have a sound bar and I'm not going to put it on my little monitors, like tinny small speakers. And so now I don't need the little aux cord and I don't have all these wires, dude. I don't need all these wires in my life. The less wires, the yeah. better. So I'm really happy they did this. Um, I think it, people are, you know, people are assuming that it was, it, it was easy. The, why didn't they just do it from the beginning? Obviously we don't, we don't really know. But one of the th- one of the speculations is that like, when you do it, have you noticed that it tells you like, hey, when you're using a Bluetooth audio device, you cannot sync more than two controllers to the, to the switch while right. you're doing that because it's yeah. splitting the Bluetooth, like it's using Bluetooth for your controllers and for your headphones. And by the way, when you do that, when you have two controllers, like let's say you have your AirPods in your head, right? And then you take your switch and you put it in tabletop mode and you disconnect the Joy-Cons and you pass one of them to your friend. You'll notice that every time you turn on one of the controllers, it decreases the Bluetooth audio in your headphones and it makes it worse. So like it only really sounds good when you're playing by yourself in handheld mode or docked and you're not using like more than one Bluetooth controller. The more controllers you're using with this thing, dude, it sounds horrible. Like it really splits the 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 the, the um, frequency a lot. So oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but anyway, for the most part, it's it, it works really great. Like for me, uh, you know, I'm I'm using if you if I'm in handheld mode, I usually have the Joy Cons attached, and so there's no Bluetooth controllers being activated or whatever. Um, but yeah, I love my AirPods, and I just wanted to use them on my Switch, like I do with all my other modern devices. So I'm I'm just happy I didn't have to buy a new console to do this. Like in a way, like I get it. It makes them look so bad because they're like, bro, you could have basically what this says is you could have done this day one. Because it wasn't a hardware limitation. The hardware was capable of doing this the whole time. And you guys just needed to turn the switch on like, or flip the switch, (laughs) but (laughs) whatever, (laughs) you know, I get that. But I'm also like, I thought that the hardware wasn't capable and that it was never coming. 
and that I was going to need to buy like an upgraded Switch Pro to get Bluetooth headphone stuff. And so it's funny how like when people hate something, like they hate Nintendo right now, they're going to hate them no matter what, because if they had waited for the Switch Pro and given you Bluetooth headphone support in that, everyone would have been like, look at them nickel and diming us instead of giving us a feature that should have been there from day one. They made us buy a new hardware upgrade to get it. And people would have complained about that. But then they're giving it to you for free now with the hardware you already have. And they're complaining about that too. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I, I don't know. The Nintendo fans are, are, both, are both happy and upset at the same time. It's, it's rough stuff. Yeah. And listen, I think, it's, I think it's cool. You know, for the wireless headphone user, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a benefit to somebody that doesn't have, you know, that's on the road and doesn't have a wired headset uh it just means one more thing for people to desync from their setup when they get up from playing smash so i'm not looking forward to yelling at people for that oh but- god <laughs> yeah by the way now that this is the thing you just brought up smash when you go to a tournament and people are using this for the switch if you have a pro controller the the input delay just got exponentially worse because if you have you know uh 20 people in a venue using their airpods on the switch the Bluetooth signal from the switch to the AirPods is going to make the input delay for the pro controller so much worse. And it's already bad. The pro controller input delay is really bad when there's a lot of other controllers in the venue. So AirPods now and all this other, all this other stuff, it's going to make it so much worse. Just use GameCube controller guys, break your hands, get arthritis, be like (laughs) me, be like me, bro. I got osteoporosis from playing Smash, bro. <laughs> All I'm saying is if Nick All-Stars Brawl doesn't accept uh, my GameCube controller, which I, I probably won't because... Oh, it's, I didn't uh, even think about that. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure the game doesn't because the GameCube is an analog controller and the game, from what I understand, is is uh, digitally uh, mapped for the controls. So that'll be a fun S- adjustment period. Scrimbo bimbo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got to use my pro controller for something other than, I don't know, a, a device to turn my switch on. So I don't have to use my hands. So, yeah, dude, damn. I didn't even think about the game controller for that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all we're, we're talking about for this, this week's episode, bro. What do you, uh, what do you do with the rest of your night? Uh, I might do it. I, I, I might do a late night degen stream because I, my sleep schedule's uh, royally messed up. Because I'll put it to you this way, Glenn. Something I didn't mention about what I did at Riptide is do copious amounts of drinking, uh, more than a man my age should. I drank heavily for like three straight days, and I haven't done that since college. So my body is in a state of like you know going to bed at two in the morning, <laughs> waking up at eight in the morning, and then repeat and repeat and. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna try to maybe stay up a little bit and try to uh you know burn the midnight oil a bit. So yeah, uh, I'm doing that and uh, yeah, that's pretty sick. Okay, cool. And also, obviously, as usual, I want to point people towards the Cooped Up podcast, which you didn't have an episode this week. But I did not have an episode the, this week. Yeah, but what happened? I did. Yeah. So I was. It was mostly one of those things where, like, you know, I had a short week uh, from COVID. Uh, not from, from COVID, from Riptide. Uh, you know, my, 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 yeah, my, my, tra- my traveling was a little <laughs> messed up there. I tested negative above my test, by the way. So everybody uh, get off my ass. But uh, yeah, I did a, a review uh, of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings with my friend Player 4 last week. Uh, I don't have a proper episode of Cooped Up this week, but I was on another podcast this week, Glenn. That was not one of yours nor mine. Uh, my friend Chris aka pilgrim he is a smash player from new england uh hosts a podcast called the howling hour where he reviews uh horror movies 
Uh, so he asked me to be on a show this week. So I, uh, he asked me to be on his episode this week. We talked about Jaws, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. So uh, I, if you guys are interested in that, I'll send Glenn the link that he can post it down below because I, I think it was a fun episode. If you're into horror movies, uh, definitely check out Chris's podcast. It, it's, it's a fun listen. That's awesome. All right, man. Uh, what do you think I'm going to do with the rest of my night? Try Jack to shit. You're going to bed. <laughs> no, man, I'm not going to bed. You know I can't sleep, Kyle. This is you true. damn fool. You're gonna go. You're gonna go get a. You're gonna go get a bon me from your favorite bon me place. I think that's what you're gonna. Yeah, do. Actually, now that you mention it, that sounds like a good. Actually, sounds like a godlike idea. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna order one in, bro. All right, guys. See you next week. That's our show for this week. Kyle, say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you guys. See you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Super Glintendo. The Glintendo podcast is a weekly Nintendo slash Smash community podcast. Our aim is to have galaxy brain conversations on all things Nintendo. If you like the show, please consider becoming a friendo and supporting on patreon.com slash Glintendo. Friendos get early access to the show each Thursday. The show then becomes free to all the following Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now and you actually like the show, please give us a good review. It helps boost our visibility so more people can find the show. This show is brought to you by our amazing producers, Naomi Eduardo, In a Yellow Flash, and the legendary Riz. Riz.